J.D. Talking Sports. It is Wednesday, January 17th, 2018. Gumbo Chef, thank you for telling me today would have been Muhammad Ali's birthday. And I'm not sure in the year I was going to look it up, but it doesn't mean anything. You know, it's like, oh, he would have been this old. It sucks. Sucks he's passed. Sucks he's not here anymore. When I was in grad school, I had to do a, a one-person show. I was kind of proud that I chose the name Solo Flights for the whole group, and which had a sexual connotation, but everybody just thought, hey, I did come up with the name for the group, for our class. I said, solo, it should be Solo Flights, because it really was. We were running Solo Flights. And I had picked a one-person show about, it was three generations of people with the Holocaust, and I wasn't really into it. And then there was a guy who was a year older than me, who knew somebody at Actors Studio Louisville who had done a play called To Ali about Muhammad Ali. And he was able to get me a copy of the play. And I told the guy, well, I'm a white Jewish guy. And he let me do it. And I ended up, that was my one-man show. And I bought trunks for it. I watched all his movies. And it was, it was a great experience. So thank you, Gumbo Chef, for that. Lithuanian Laser is back, back, back in New Jersey, the Garden State, after his trip to, he saw Rainforest, he said in Vancouver, it was pretty cool, but he was gone a long time, and I know Casey missed him terribly, and so did I, so terribly, but we were able to talk to Knicks tonight, and they ended up losing 105.99 to the Grizzlies, and I didn't know, Grizzlies improved to what, 15 and freaking... 15 and 28, Knicks fell to 20 and 25, 5 and 16 on the road, and there was a jump ball at the end of the game, and I can't remember who, but it was definitely Tim Hardaway Jr. at the jump. And it was interesting because they did the jump and they stopped it, but if there was a violation, it was a violation on the Grizzlies. And Mike Breen was like, hey, is there's a rule that, you know, if there's a violation, it immediately goes to the Knicks. Well, they let him jump it again. And then on the jump, freaking, I don't know, Dylan Brooks, the former Duck, was getting into it with freaking... Courtney Lee, there was some talking, some noise. And then they give Courtney Lee a technical. And Courtney Lee is not a technical kind of guy. He's a technical, and that's it. That's the ball game. And after the game, they had to hold him back. And the ref is a ref that's done NBA Finals, a, a respected ref. And it was, uh, it was a little crazy. i got to be honest with you. And it was a turning point of the game. Knicks, uh, fourth quarter, freaking Unicorn had 21, nine rebounds, Six blocks. They it's seven. They cut it down. They play, they're playing Friday night in Utah, and they you know what they outscored him in the fourth quarter. Bad loss. Can't can't lose to a fourteen win team at home, and it was ugly in that fourth quarter. Some of the fourth quarter was ugly. The Knicks outscored him in the fourth quarter. What was that? What was the f- fourth quarter? You know what? So he drives me nuts. The fourth quarter, they outscored him by by nine. But I'll tell you, you can't give up six, give 60 points, 61 points in the first half. Yeah, Courtney Lee was pissed. Pissed. You know, they got, you know what? They got outscored every quarter. First three quarters, they got outscored by eight, 15. Again, come back in the fourth quarter. And we were talking about Tyreek Evans, who I feel like never became the star I thought he was going to become. Well, he had 23 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. Everything I saw him shoot, he was missing. And the Nets lost to the Spurs 
cut a 15-point deficit down to three, and it didn't matter. They ended up losing to the Spurs at home by uh, five, 195. Aldridge at 34. Allen Crabb at 20 points, three three assists, eight rebounds. And Nets also... Nets freaking... (laughs) Listen, Kawhi Leonard is out. He injured his quad again, so he's going to be out for quite a while. And... You know, now he's out, and they're still, they're 30 and 16 right now. Nets fell to 16 and 29. They haven't had a losing season since since they've had, since Duncan. It's been a long time since they had a losing season. I think they've had 50 wins in a row. The only one season they didn't was because of the strike, the strike year. But every other year they've had at least 50 wins. I mean, they're just a franchise that's just like, it's amazing. It's freaking amazing. And Tom Brady. Hit his hand in practice today. They were going, I just, I heard it today. And they didn't say he accidentally hit a, a teammate actually ran into him at practice, according to the Boston Herald. X-ray said no structural damage, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's never missed a playoff game in his life. Listen, I mean, that, that it's early week. That's the news. That's news. Oh, and the referee at the Super Bowl is going to be, uh, Gene Steratore, you know, he did the Cowboys-Raiders game when it was a fourth and one. He used a <laughs> he used a note card to see if he if they got the first down. Even with the chains, he couldn't tell. It was so close. Well, he's going to call. And after that, they said, no more note cards. You can't use the note cards anymore. And the Jets, John Morden, they said, they, you know, offensive coordinator, they say, look for another job. You know, meet with other teams, well, they just fired him. You know, Jets 24th best passing offense, 19th best rushing offense, 18.6 points a game, 24th in the league. And I love Todd Bowles. We appreciate John's contribution and wish him the best moving forward, but don't let the door hit you on the way out. The potential replacements could be quarterback coach Jer- Jeremy Bates, who Todd Bowles praised and so did Morton this past season. And I was listening to Sports Talk Radio. Dale Hopkins, former Titan, was talking about competing for a living. Like an athlete. And, I, you know, I always never really thought about it. But competing for a living. They're competing for a job. They're competing for playing time. They're competing for a roster spot. Competing. And I always think, you know, an actor, you're, you are competing against other actors. It's not as a physical. Well, some of the work is physical. But it's kind of like that kind of like, you know, you can be replaced at any time. I know people who sh- shot a show and shot a pilot and then they got recast. I mean, here you are, you think you got the, you shoot the pilot, man, I'm going to get this show, and bam, they replace you. And it happens all the time. A movie happens, you get a part. They replaced, they shot uh, half the movie with the dude from Mask, and they replaced him with, which I was just watching right now, with Michael J. Fox. Happens all the time. They wanted to give Rocky 250000 so former Mr. Farrah Fawcett why am I blanking today? And for one of them, was, his daughter was married to, wow, Paper Moon, Paper Moon, Paper Moon. I'm just blanking on names today, folks. Yeah, they wanted Ryan O'Neill to play Rocky. Ryan O'Neill to play Rocky. And Michael J. Fox replaced, no, not the mask, mask. Replaced Eric Stoltz. It happens, but the competing, you know, that's what I just think about competing for a job. You know, these are grown men. They, they, they're, they're, this is for, you know, 
getting paid to compete. I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but I just thought about that. It just resonated with me. It's like, wow, you know, it's hard. It's out there, you know. These guys playing one guy. Yankees are going to bring a major league camp. He made one point two five, you know, one point five million dollar, one point two five option this year, and they're going to bring him to the major league camp. And if he makes, he makes more million. Imagine that you're 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 competing, and you know, a million a million dollars is a lot of fucking money, man. I don't. I mean, if I was making even the league minimum, you look at you look at Ron Baker with he's sporting the shit out of that mask. Ron agrees with me. He is wearing the shit out of that thing, and. I like him, you know. I mean, all the guys in the back want to play. Aaron Gomez, you know, he wants to play. He wants to show what he's worth. And some guys are playing for contracts, playing for new contracts. It's, it's, it's wild. It's just wild, especially football, NFL, not for long. Not for long. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Now, I was... Now, I, I, these days I write a lot of my stuff down. We talked about, I don't talk enough about the Mets. Well, Ahmed Rosario said he takes nothing for granted. Nothing for granted. And the thing he has to work on is striking out less, make more contact, making sure he is getting the job done. Twenty-two years old. He's been in Port St. Lucie working on proving the you know most glaring weak, weakness. Struck out forty-nine times, batted two forty-eight with a two seventy-one on base percentage. Walked three times on one hundred seventy plate appearances. He wants to uh, make all too often. He put the pitcher's pitch into play, command the strike zone to command the at bat. He worked with hitting coach Pat uh, Rosler, getting a better grasp of the strike zone, which is good. And this is what it, I love what he said. It's, it's realized it's not about arriving the mayors. It's about staying. There was one guy I met one time, an actor. He's working on the street desk. He something. You can tell an actor just getting started out. I said, uh, he said, it's even harder when you make it. And I trained a guy named Yul Vasquez. And he said he was working on, he was working on Bad Boys. And there was an actor, 30-something career, and year career. And he was worrying about his next job. And he goes, man, this guy's been doing it 30 years. And he's worried about his next job. When you are, when you are working, when you are working for a paycheck, you get nervous, man. You do. As an actor, it's like you're working. So, man, I need a break. I'm working. Even me, I'm working. I need a break. But you get a, you get three, four, five days off. You get a week off with no paychecks. You still get an antsy. And that's the way you should be. You should always be fucking hungry. Always hungry. And I like that Ahmed Rosario. It's not about arriving in the majors. It's about staying in the majors. He goes, I've been working hard steadily every single day. Coming in this year, I've really been focused on my strike zone, trying to make that small. And, of course, trying not to go for some of those bad pitches. I like that. He said, the pressure is still there because I don't take it for granted being the major league, so I'm still working every single day. I have to have something to prove to make it up there. You know, he's been working out with uh, Ligaris, Flores, and Assespitus. Working on agility. He said, we, you know, him and Assespitus been training. Assespitus, instead of being bulking, is more about having flexibility and all that shit. Rosario also working on speed and power. He had four home runs, four doubles, four triples last year. I'll see. You know, we'll see. Rosario also feels that the Mets are going to contend this year. Hey, listen, you want to, you want to think that way. That's what he wants. He goes, I think uh, we, we want to go in there. We want to win the World Series. Everybody, that's the way it should be. It should not be about, you know, hey, let's compete. You, you should want to win the championship every year. Look at the Patriots. 
It's about winning. You want to. It's it's it is a, It should be a year. It should be a bad year. Like Nick Saban. You think Nick Saban's like, hey man, I want to make, play in the Citrus Bowl this year? Fuck no. He wants to win the championship every goddamn year, and that's the goal you should set for yourself. Set yourself high, man. Set the goal high, man. Don't set it for half ass. Set it high. And going into tonight, the Knicks subs have outscored the opposition by more than 100 points, 358 to 248. And you know what? I kind of wanted to see what they did tonight. How the subs did tonight. Okay, so the bench, 34, 38 bench points for the Knicks. 38, 25, 29, 25, 29. Okay. 38, 25. 38, 36, only it's got a point to two. But going tonight, Adat scored him by 100 points. Well, he also had Tim Hardaway Jr. for a couple games. What did Hardaway Jr. do today? He had a big three. Hit a big three. Boys, you can't throw at 20 points, nine rebounds. He was sitting out the four. Lee had 18 points. Beasley had 18 points. Did have a turnover, a couple turnovers at the end of the game. Hardaway had 16 and 26 minutes. And McDermott, Quinn combined for four points. So you really had Beasley doing all the bench scoring. McDermott's got to, you got you to get, well, how's McDermott only getting three shots in 11 minutes? He, he's a shooting machine. Kyle Quinn, though, is a rebound machine. Nila Kina. No points, but seven assists in 20 minutes. 0 for 6 from the floor, 0 for 4. And he was not playing in crunch time. Or maybe, was he? No, I don't think he was out there in crunch time. No, he was not out there in crunch time. No, it was Jack Lee. Yeah, he was on the bench. He was. It was Jack and Lee's to finish the game. Well, they got to play Utah next. We'll see. Hey, and Neil Aquino just got his first double-double, almost got a triple-double, 10 points. On Monday against the Nets. Beasley, man. Beasley, man. 18 points. He's nine nine times this season of 20 more points when he played at least 20 minutes during the stretch. He's getting a lot of points. You know what? And I, I like Kenny Atkinson, the way he talks. He says... uh he felt the ugly 15-point loss to the Nets. He said, we let our competitive guard down. The team watched film of it, and he didn't hold back. He said, uh, lack of effort resolved. Nobody was spared. I think it's got a smack in the face. I just like, you know, he, he said it's uncomfortable. He said, it's, we have to confront it, and it's uncomfortable. It's comfortable for me. It's uncomfortable for them. Hey, listen, they had a triple fourth quarter against the Knicks, brutal first quarter against the Wizards, and a loss Saturday night. Two quarters in which they were outscored by a combined 33 points. He wanted all the team accountable. He picks his spots for criticism, so it has its biggest impact. It's kind of like if you yell all the time at somebody. After a while, they just stop. Li- they, they they don't listen anymore. I like the way he works. He said the respect we've grown around the league is because we compete. We let our guard down there. He said against the Knicks, coach wasn't happy. The players weren't happy, and I don't think the fans were happy because that's not why they pay to see us. I agree. They lost. Now they've lost six of seven. And they're 13 games under 500 now. 16 and 29. Yeah. They have 12 players, 25 years or younger. Listen, they're going to have some draft picks coming up. I think I think they're going to, I think, uh, I think it's going to help. And D'Angelo Russell's going to be coming back soon. He hasn't, he hasn't been out since November 11th against the Jazz. They'll take part in uh, 
He took part in tonight's shoot-around and a simulated play practice afterwards, after the game. He's back to start the G League team on Long Island, but he's yet to do so with the Nets. We'll see what, hey, listen, it's not good for local teams, man. We had a shitty year in football. We're having a shitty year in basketball. Sorry, folks, I'm not really into hockey. I try. I had tickets last night. The guy who went gave this guy, Joe, I work with. He great seats. He said it was the best seats he ever had. They were near, they were near the face-off circle. He said it was, he said, you, get, you don't realize how big they are in person. I said, it is. It's so fucking cool to be that close. And it was so good that I could share the tickets with someone who would appreciate it. And that's what I was so glad about. I'm like, give the tickets to somebody who's going to freaking enjoy the tickets. And Mike Munchek turned down a second entry with the Cardinals, and they were saying, well, maybe because of Tomlin gets fired. No, I think Munchek turned it down because he doesn't have a, you just had, you just had your quarterback retire. God damn. I see his face. The former number one pick of the draft. Arizona. Arizona QB. Arizona Cards. QB. Not Drew Stanton. God damn. Carson Palmer. You Carson Palmer retire. Right now, you're starting your quarterbacks. You have is Blaine Gabbert, Drew Stanton, and Matt Barkley. Does that get you excited for a franchise to take over? Now you got a good D. You got some young. You got David Johnson, but I think that's why Munchak turned it down. And they did let they did let go of Todd Haley as offensive coordinator. Supposedly him and Big. I've heard that for years now. And Tomlin was going to have to change some things around. So that's what's going to happen. And they're talking about one of the I read in a uh, Adam Schefter mentioned the other day the Patriots linebacker coach Brian Flores. Impressive interview with Arizona. Some New England believe that Flores has a chance to wind up being the best eventual head coach to go through Bill Belichick's program. I thought that was pretty crazy. And Tomlin's as coach 11 season, never had a losing one. Only the quarterback who's been a head coach that long has to not lose a season since 2007. Who do you think? Bill Belichick. I think it's good to get rid of Todd Haley. Have to be with that town better than eighth in scoring, 20th in rushing yards. Come on, with Le'Veon Bell. 28th rated red zone defense, allowing 4.4 yards. Now, Roquan, Roquan Smith from Georgia is going to be gone, but they got to get a guy to go sideline to sideline. And, you know, Ben Big Ben said in a radio interview Tuesday that actually you can't audible to a QB sneak. Well, maybe with a new offensive coordinator, you can. I think in that situation, you know, Eli, when he saw something, he changed it, and it worked out well. And Ben McAdoo could be the new offensive coordinator of the Browns. We shall see. Kareem Hunt was named the Rookie of the Year by the Pro Football Writers Association. Jamal Adams made the all-rookie team. So did Evan Ingram. And somebody else made it. Oh, and Tomlinson, a defensive lineman out of Alabama. You know who died? Jojo, Jojo White. Now, I never got to see him play. He played 60 to 63 minutes in the triple overtime win against the, in 76, against the Suns. And he said, you know, well, I trained for that kind of stuff. Had his number retired, made the Hall of Fame in 2015. Had his number retired after after uh, leaving the NBA. Actually, he played 13 years, also played 10 years with the boss, and then played with Golden State and the Kansas City Kings before retiring in 81. He was working with the club as director of special projects at brain cancer. Kind of sucks. But I love what... 
with what supposedly he was a very sharp dresser. And wait, wait, wait I'm, I'm trying to remember what he said. Yeah, he said, um, Red Orbach, that's what he was known as a sharp dresser. He was held as an example for his teammates by Red Orbach. He said, Look around you. When the Celtics travel, they dress well. If you dress like a champion, you play like one. I like that. When you dress like a champion, you play like one. Average 18.1s is a member of the 74 Celtics championship team, and was chosen the MVP of the finals two years later when uh, they won again. Scoring 33 while leading the Celtics to that triple overtime win, which I've seen p- pieces of in highlight. And I'm like, that was a game I would love, love to have seen. And how about this? Charlie Weiss Jr., 24 years young, became the offensive coordinator for Lane Kiffin of the Florida Atlantic Owls. 24, worked with Kiffin at Alabama on Nick Saban's staff. Now, he just graduated college in 2015, where he graduated from Kansas, where his dad was coach. He started as a tight ends coach with the Owls and left for a position with the Atlantic Falcons working under Sarkeesian, who was at Alabama. He was going to make 50000 per year as the Owls tight end. He was also an offensive analyst with, under Saban in 2015-2016. 2014, while in college, he was a summer volunteer intern for the Patriots. In 2011, either that was high school or college, because I did the math, he had to be finishing high school. He served as an offensive quality control coach for Florida, focusing his focusing his efforts with the wide receivers. He's a native of South Bend, Indiana, as the son of football coach Charlie Weiss. Now, he attended college at the University of Florida, but followed his father at Kansas. He graduated a degree in psychology in 2015. But this is crazy, man. He's, uh, rep- he, uh, he was replaced by uh, Clint uh, Trickett, who was working at Last Chance U on the FAU st- staff last year. And he's going to replace, actually, Kendall Bryles, the son of Art Bryles from Baylor, who helped uh, the Owls uh, get a Conference USA championship in his first season on campus. Now, Bryles, last year, they averaged almost 41 a game, averaged a league-high 285 rushing yards a game. They finished 11-3, won the Conference USA championship, and defeated Akron 50-3 in that bulk of Raton Bowl. Now, they returned Devon Motor Singletary, who ran for 1,920 yards and led the nation with 32 touchdowns, uh, quarterback Jason Driscoll, and the team's leading receiver Willie Wright also back. I'm thinking, wow. You know, and it made me think of when Brian Schottenheimer, he chose Florida because he wanted to work specifically under Steve Spurrier. Listen, I'm all for youth, youth in the game, but, man, this guy's shooting up quick, and Kiffin's not a bad guy to learn from because they were good last year. Florida Atlantic's going to be damn good next year. And the, the Matt Miller was it Matt Miller who had a it was a Bleacher Report. He had an article. This is all about Brady. This is crazy shit about Brady. Listen to this: Pats are going to their twelfth conference title game since two thousand one. Mark's reach with Saturday's win over the Titans. He has ten postseason games. Brady with at least three touchdown passes. Joe Montana's next with nine. So think about that. Ten postseason games to lead three touchdown passes. 21 multi-touchdown playoff games. Brett Favre is closest with 15. Twelfth conference championship. Most ever by two games over any other player. Two games over any other player. Which was all making me sick. Also, most postseason touchdown passes. 21 more than Montana. Most postseason passing yards. 2,000 more than freaking Peyton Manning. 
most postseason playoff wins. Ten more than Montana. Most postseason playoff, 300-yard passing games. Nine more than freaking Payton. Six more than Drew Brees. And that's why the Patriots are great. And the Jets are, and right now never be. Listen to what Devin McCourty said. He said, you know when they talk about, they talk about, you know, the games, whatever, you know, season, whatever. He goes, you know what? I think the team just focused on Tennessee, and I think it will be the same thing this week. This time of year, there's no such thing to me as distractions, unless you have some issue going on with your family or something like that. Nothing to distract you. He goes, I don't care what comes out, what's said. Our goal from the beginning of the season was to be able to play in the playoffs and try to go out there and win games in the playoffs. There's running out there that can deter us from that. We're going to stay focused on that, try to play our best games each week that we earn the right to go back out there. I think we know that. We know that once we get in the playoffs, it's not given to you. You've got to earn it. God damn. And listen to this. So we got four teams left in the playoffs. So you got the number one, number two, number four, number five scoring defenses left in the playoff field. Through the last playoffs, through the last four Super Bowl winners have either been number one in scoring defense or total defense. And, you know, they're talking about increased scoring. They, you know, the competition wants increased scoring. Thanks to Jeff Legwood for that. But that's interesting. Yeah, Mike Freeman did the whole stuff on Tom Brady. Listen, you could say, well, you know, I, I want them to lose this week, but Tom Brady, you are seeing a guy you're never going to see. Listen, they come along once in a lifetime. Jordan, LeBron James, once in a lifetime. Tom Brady, once one. I mean, think about it. You saw Peyton Manning in my lifetime. I've seen Tom Brady in my lifetime. I saw Staubach. I saw some guys. But Brady has eclipsed them all. Jesus. Amazing, right? Is that fucking amazing? It just blows my mind. It is crazy, crazy stuff. Insane in the membrane. Oh, and we watched a movie called The Florida Project today. Wow, that, that was that was some torture. I gotta be honest with you, that was that was torture. Yeah. Just just crazy. I I, I want someone else to see me, see it to tell me what they think. But I was it's interesting, but it's not an hour and fifty hour and fifty one minutes interesting. It was uh yeah, I Oh, and man, I, I, I'm, I'm this Tyler Helinski, who was going to be the starting quarterback for Washington State, said uh, died from a self-inflicted gun, gunshot wound. That's it's terrible, terrible. You know, everybody's like, what the hell? Depression's a tough thing. Yeah. You know what? It, it, it's sad, you know, in this day and age, with all the people they have around, the, you can people to talk to, that he got that low that he couldn't talk to anybody. That's, that's some scary shit. Clemson. Clemson will have eight returning starters, including six of its front seven. Of eight returning, including six of its front seven. That was second on the nation in scoring defense and fourth in total defense. That's pretty good. Six of the front seven. That's going to be a scary team next year, man. And they're going to come. I think they're going to be pissed about that year. Look what Rondo said about uh, Isaiah Thomas. What has he done? This is Boston. You don't hang up. You don't hang conference titles. Oof. Ouch. Yowks. It was such an Australian Open this mo- this morning. Ben McAdoo. Let's see if you get a job. Time will tell. 
Jacksonville Bakery said Ben Roethlisberger turnover pastries. Thank you for helping Jaguars advance. Yeah, I thought that was funny. That point star was with Trump said, eh, okay, not great. Mets and Pirates have discussed Josh Harrison trades, but talks are not ongoing because everybody wants Brad and Nimmo, and then Mets do not want to give him up. And Conforto's probably gonna, not going to be ready until May because that shoulder. They're thinking Justice Sheffield with a 98-mile-per-hour fastball could be an answer to the rotation this year. I'd love to see him come. Let's More the merrier. 80 said he's not going to the Celtics. Wants to make it work the Pelicans. Geminis are supposed to sleep eight hours a night. That never happens with me. Never. Yeah. Alvin Gentry said on Anthony Davis going to the Celtics, he goes, they're going to have to give us the New England Patriots. Good answer. Because Brandon Nimmo is the guy they want to keep around. Who knows? I try. All I do is try. Oh, and Mason Rudolph's going to, fifth spring's going to miss the Senior Bowl, which has kind of hurt him because, you know, some of the teams want to see him. I mean, they'll draft him. And that fight between the Rockets and the Clippers, Trevin, Trevor Ariza and Gerald Green got two games. No punishment for CP, CP3. And Harden. Or Blake Griffin. And hey, Rutgers beat Iowa tonight. Yes. We love that. Yes, we do. Getting my hair cut tomorrow. Then there was a fight between uh, Michael Carter-Williams and Wizards' Tim Frazier. Had to be separated. And the Wizards got blown out tonight, man. Blown out. Blown out of the water, man. Not good. All right. I need to go to sleep. I start off strong, folks. But this boy is tired. Tired Banks. Tired Banks. I'm glad Rock's listening. I'm, I'm glad Lithuanian Laser is back. I'm glad the Gumbo Chef back is okay. Okay. Last night's trivia question. Eagles record for most TD passes in a season. Well, Carson Wentz set the record this year with 33, but the record was held for before the season for the past 56 years by Sonny Jurgensen with 32 and 61. Man, Eagles would love to have him back this Sunday. I think they got a shot. I, I, I'm not putting all my money on uh, Vikings. Vikings looked shaky last week. I mean, I wasn't like, wow. Vikings going to blow him out. And I think Nick Foles could have the game of his life. And then the Super Bowl could be fucking ugly. But this week could be a good game. I just want good games on Sunday. That's all I want. Okay, tonight's trivia question. Longest run from scrimmage in NFL history. Longest run from scrimmage in NFL history. Longest run. All right. Knicks go to Utah on Friday night. I will have my picks, my uh, predictions for Sunday's playoff games. Go and get a haircut tomorrow. Little manicure, no pedicure. Oh, and I'm watching uh, Handmaid's Tale. That is some scary shit. Duh. And of course, they had a sex scene. Every time I watch a show with my mother, they have a goddamn sex scene. She goes, without fail. Watch Black Lightning. It was really well done. It really was. I mean, I really was like... I loved, I loved what they did. I, I really was... 
I was, I was thoroughly impressed. I was thoroughly impressed. Uh, the preview looked really cheesy, and then I watch a show, and i like, I'm in. See where it goes. All right. Have a good night, folks. Peace out. Talk to you soon.